Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lisa Genza of Freedom Kitchen. Freedom Kitchen transcends time and space to offer cooking classes and education to those who value food and health. It's a place for health enthusiasts to gather. Lisa has also owned a wellness spa, co-founded a commercial kitchen and cooking school, and is a business coach and health coach. Lisa shares her healing journey with us and her message of the importance of looking inward for our answers instead of looking for solutions from an external source. Lisa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Julie. Thanks for having me here. I would love to start with sharing with our listeners, just to do something a little bit different. One thing that even people familiar with you may not know about you. Well, I've been to every state in the United States, except for Alaska. And I've been to every Canadian province. When I was growing up, my parents wanted to see the country and we did road trips. So I have been on road trips and camped in every state except for Alaska. It's the only one I haven't been to. And then we did all of Canada. We did the Canadian Rockies and all of the Canadian provinces. So I have seen a lot more of this country than probably most people. Absolutely. That's amazing. So I have to ask, when are you going to Alaska? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. question. Is it on the list somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) It's not currently on the list. (laughs) That's that's fair right now. That's fair. (laughs) Well, I love that. And I know, you know, most of us in this world got to doing what we're doing through our own experience. So I'd love for you to share your, that part of your journey with us. And, you know, how, how did you get to, to where you are and how does that journey influence what you teach? Yeah, I think most health coaches. So, you know, in in my age group, we didn't, there was no such Our age group. Our our age group. Yeah. (laughs) I hate to pull you into that age group, you know, but (laughs) Um, hey, I'm happy to be here. So, (laughs) Um, so there was no such thing as a health coach, you know, when, when I was growing up. And, and so I have my beliefs on why that has even emerged as an opportunity or a business, which clearly was the failure of another system. And I, I think that I got here due to the failure of my diagnoses. And I like to mention, so, you know, the short version is by 36, I had type two diabetes and fibromyalgia and I was over 200 pounds and I had brain fog. I couldn't concentrate anymore. But if we back the story up by the, by age five, when I have any recollection, I had chronic bloating to the point that my parents would talk about me looking pregnant. I could roll my belly because I would get very bloated and then the bloating would go down. And then, you know, I knew as a teenager, when I took carbohydrates away, I felt better. I already knew that as a teenager. Wow. 
at 18, my triglycerides were over 300 and I had three doctors walk in the room. We had a new HMO. My parents were so happy because it was all like team doctors now. So I went and they, not just the one doctor, three of them come in the room and they're like, your triglycerides are over 300 and we just really don't know why. We think it has to do with fried foods and fast foods. So avoid those. Well, it was carbohydrates. It was sugar. And so that was misdiagnosed from a young age. At 24, I was in braces for carpal tunnel. At 26, we were talking surgery for carpal tunnel. Mm. At which time my ankles were also chronically hurting every day. And the doctor told me, take Advil. I said, but my ankles hurt every day. And he said, take Advil every day. I said, you want me to take Advil every day? Wow. So let's just string all of these together. From age five, I had digestive issues. Is the gut related to the rest of the body, Lisa? (laughs) Well, I share this because people aren't always connecting the dots and they look at everything as an isolated. And we'll get into why I think we look at everything isolated, but we look at everything as an isolated event as if my ankles aren't connected to my wrists and they aren't connected to my brain fog and none of it's connected to the high triglycerides. So it takes a sleuth (laughs) to put this together because the medical profession treats all of those individually. Well, you have all different specialists for each body part. Yes. Organ system. Yes. Yes. So that's how I got In traditional Western medicine we're talking about. Yes. So that's how I got here is I had to do my own research to get my health back. And there's a saying that says, we don't want to invest in our health until we lose it. And then we'll pay anything to get it back. And that's the truth. When you don't have your health, you are not productive. You lose your livelihood. It was difficult for me to function, to work, to, so, you know, and it comes on so slowly. It's, it's like that frog in the water, you know, on, on the stove and you turn the stove on and it just gradually gets warmer and warmer. And the frog ends up dying because it gradually, if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, he jumps out. But if you gradually boil him, he doesn't even realize. And that's kind of what's happening. People are losing, they have less health, less vitality than what they know they can have. But because Mm -hmm. it's all happening so gradually, and then they're spending all this time looking at each individual thing, like all the energy that was spent on even talking about carpal tunnel, the carpal tunnel wasn't the issue. It was inflammation. Right. Right. Well, and I want to add, it's not, you don't even just lose your livelihood, which is big enough and your ability to work, but you lose those things that you don't have the energy to be who you really are, right? So maybe you're not the mother you want to be because you can't, you can't participate the way you'd like to, or the partner or the friend or daughter, husband, whatever. So, you know, I'd like, I always say my life got smaller and smaller and smaller and work was the most obvious, but in hindsight, it was all these layers of all these other pieces of losing ourselves. Yes. That makes me want to weep 
because I think that's so true. I don't think that people realize that their life gets smaller and smaller. And smaller. They don't. Well, the, that, that analogy with the frog is perfect. You don't realize it when you're in it. And, and the exciting thing is don't weep because that's what you and I are doing is letting people know that there's another way and you can reclaim all those parts and pieces of, of your life. So what was like, where, what, how you said, you know, you needed to be a super sleuth, right. To figure yeah. it out. D- tell me about that. Well, it's interesting. This I'll probably take the audience in a little different direction than what they would expect out of a health. Oh, talk. good. But if we understand the educational system and we understand that it was created to create assembly line workers, I want everyone to stay with me on this analogy because (laughs) everything in our society now has been turned into an assembly line worker. And I was able to see this in corporate America. I was in information technology for 25 years. And when I hired in, we had to understand all of the systems. Now I worked at a pretty unique place. I worked for EDS and people know EDS had quite a reputation. Ross Perot really that our commercials about building the airplane in flight, that was real because we were doing things that were new and unique and cutting edge. And so we were literally building it as we went, but you had to understand the whole system. And I always called that point in, in information technology, you know, that was the wild, wild west of technology, you know, but it was like structured entrepreneurship because even though you were part of a corporation, we we had a lot of entrepreneurial type people who were participating. Over time, as that became corporatized, I watched and then, you know, EDS was sold. And then eventually when I left, it was Hewlett Packard. I watched every job function get compartmentalized. You don't need to know the whole system anymore. Right. You work on this component. You work on the routers. You work on the ATM switches. You work on the broadband network. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're turning us into assembly line workers. And and it clicked for me then. So this was happening in parallel to me seeing specialists and realizing doctors are assembly line workers. It sounds fancier because they're called specialists. (laughs) (laughs) But in many ways, they're just an assembly line worker. They only do this piece and then they send you to someone who does this piece and they send you to someone who does this piece. And who's connecting them? And then I realized our whole society, if you, everything from the DMV or the Secretary of State, and if you go to your county offices or anywhere you go anymore, um, everyone has been turned into an assembly line worker. I would even argue someone at a bank that used to be, you know, cross-trained, but now they only do this function or someone at a grocery store that used to be cross-trained and now they only do this function. And there's a reason for that. And that is to keep people perpetually confused. So this keeps us looking, it's like the coconut shells. Am I looking under this one or am I looking under this? You know, that game I always. Yeah. Only pick Um, up one at a time. You know, you shuffle them all around and you're like, is it this one? Is it this one? So it, it keeps us perpetually confused. And on top of that, we have been conditioned since a young age to look outside of ourselves for the answer. You know, that's why we had to go for all those well child checkups with the doctor when we were young to condition us that the doctor knew best. 
And, and, you know, obviously we look to our parents and we look to our teachers and then we grow up and we look to our bosses and we look to our government and we can see where that's gotten us. Yes. There's, there was a lot of conditioning that has us looking outside of ourselves at the same time that everyone was, I don't want to, want to say dumbed down, but we don't have a holistic view of anything. Sure. Everyone has a specialty view. And, and I believe it is that education model of being assembly line workers that, and we waste a lot of time, I believe, chasing a symptom. I, I spent so much time with the carpal tunnel. It wasn't carpal tunnel. It was inflammation. <laughs> and the inflammation was affecting everything else as well. So if I would have just gotten back to the root cause, but you have to look at the whole system. You have to take the environmental factors. You had to take the, you know, all the facts into account. Like I wasn't sleeping at night because I was on call 24 <laughs> seven. So when you got lack of oh, sleep, sleep, sleep matters too. <laughs> Not sleeping drives your inflammation. <laughs> you know, you talk my, you speak my language. Yeah. So what was that turning point for you? You had these experiences and you saw what was happening outside of your health. And I'm assuming then connected those dots to what was going on with your body that, okay, you know, maybe my ankles and my wrists are connected somehow, but what, you know, what was, was there a tipping point? Was there, you know, what was that first kind of shift where you realized we're looking at this all wrong? Yeah, I, I will say that somewhere in there, there, I think like an awakening experience within myself, mm -hmm. I had been doing a lot of therapy for adoption issues. So I think I believe in the power of therapy, at least for, I don't think you got to rehash your story forever and ever, but it's helpful to get that out. So I think there were a number of things that sort of came together all at the same time. I had become friends with a chiropractor through a business networking group. I didn't understand the benefits of chiropractic. And it was only because of a business networking group that I had become friends with her. And then I started chiropractic. And then I did find a holistic doctor. What led me on my path was starting to read a lot of books, all my own research. And I thought, okay, I want someone who's holistic or there wasn't, I didn't know of anyone doing functional medicine at the time, but yep. the word I was looking for was someone who was holistic. So I did find an MD who does not take insurance because she's extremely holistic and it's great with her. You get the best of both worlds. She's holistic, sure. but she still has her MD. Yep. Um, and she looked at me and said, this is all inflammation. <laughs> Take away everything that's white. Say that one more time because everybody listening to this, that, I mean, this is it. It's all what? What's all the root inflammation. of all yep. yeah. She said, Dr. Kulik looked at me. She said, this is all inflammation take away. And here I was, you know, I went in with this list of, I have fibromyalgia and borderline type two diabetic. My triglycerides are over 300. I mean, she did the blood work. She said, this is, you know, there's a high toxicity in your body. Well, I had been a smoker of 21 years. So this is a judgment-free zone here. People come to me and they're like, well, I kind of have these bad habits. I'm like, listen, there is Everybody no bad does. habit you have that I haven't had. I was yep. addicted to Diet Coke. I was addicted. To, I was a smoker of 21 years, addicted to coffee. Please 
if yeah. you've lived on this earth, you've got some vice. So and there's no blaming, you know, we, we all do the best we can with the information we have at the time. You know, my kids love to tease me. My oldest son has celiac. And before we knew he had celiac, he was sick a lot. Shocker. He actually never had GI symptoms. So it, it made it harder to figure it out. But when he was sick, I did I would say for him, but really to him, what my mom did to me or for me when I was sick, which was saltines and ginger ale, right? When he wasn't feeling well. So here have extra gluten because gluten's knocked you down. And it's the running joke in our family. He was 12 when he was diagnosed. So he only, he only had a little over a decade of, of that, but we do what we know at the time with the, the best of when none of us are making decisions you know, intentionally to lead ourselves down a road. And so, yeah, when you said no blame, I mean, there's, there's no, no judgment, no blame. No, it's, and the beauty is, as you know, and I know is never too late to get that inflammation down, to figure those things out and make those changes. Yeah. That that's the beautiful thing is that it doesn't matter where you're at today. It can be reversed. And you can yes. do better. Yes. And it is remarkable that like, and I showed people pictures. So I took pictures back then at 36 and 37. So I have my before and after. And it literally took me a year, year and a half to completely turn my life around and look like a completely different person. Yeah. People look at my picture at 36 and they're like, that doesn't even look like you. Yeah. So a lot of criticism, you know, late into my forties, people were like, oh, you know, but I'm much older now, or I'm older than that. So one morning I told my husband, all right, I'm gonna put that same outfit on, take a picture. It, there's no filters, no nothing. And I'm like, this is 10 years later. I, I don't know. I could be delusional, but I think I look better. You look <laughs> so. amazing. You do look better. I've seen the pictures. You do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm biased. I don't know, but I think I look better. And so I'm showing you it's possible. Yes. That you can turn things around and you can not only feel better, but you can look better. And I tell people who come into my program, it's not about the weight. The weight will come off. It's about how you feel because the weight is just a symptom as well. But, but trust me, when everything starts to feel good, you, you're going to be like so happy. You just radiate. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it is remarkable. It's, it's exciting. I used to get upset the first, I don't know, a few years I was coaching if somebody was referred often, you know, someone will be referred by their functional medicine doctor, but for, you know, infl infl inflammatory issues and sometimes significant, but all they would care about was the weight, right? Like that, that was, and it used to really upset me in the beginning, like, no, don't you understand? And I, I would explain like when we get when we hit it right and we address what's causing the inflammation, the weight will fall off. And now I finally am like, oh, silly me. Use it. Fine. Good. It's not going to be like you've ever, uh, you know, approached weight loss before, but that's fine. You know? um, the funny thing is, Julie, is this is the carpal tunnel, right? Like yes. if you, so now yes. if someone comes to me and says, you know, I want to lose weight or I want to get rid of my carpal tunnel or I want my joints to stop hurting, I just say, 
okay, I have a single program. I don't do anything different for anybody. No, I have a diet and detox program. It is an elimination protocol. You go through this three month program and then, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens because it's the same thing. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's like all. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you touched on very briefly, but I, I know one of your symptoms was brain fog. And I know you have this wonderful ebook. So I want to know, I want to have you introduce our listeners to this idea of from confusion to clarity. Yeah, I think um, in all of my years of owning my wellness spa, so when I left my, my day job, my corporate America job, I bought a wellness spa and started doing detoxification treatments. So I was fortunate enough to talk to 4,000 plus um, clients who came through my doors over those years. And the common denominator, the common theme seems to be, I'm just so confused, Lisa. I, I think I'm eating healthy. I don't know what healthy is. I mean, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I made this change. I'm just so confused. They would go on their diets. They would lose a bunch of weight. They would gain it back. They'd say, I'm just so confused. I'm just so confused. So over those years, as I was studying detoxification, as well as nutrition, I would ask a lot of questions. And the confusion seems to be because the more information we live in the information age, the more information we take in, Mm -hmm. the more confused we get. Sure. Because we've lost touch with our intuition and we have no discernment to decide if this is right for me or not. There is a place for information, for research, but then there can actually be something as too much information. Mm -hmm. And so this is where, I mean, I'm such a big proponent of having a coach and having a health coach who walks along beside you, who can help curate the information, who can help you to understand the information, and then who can help you implement so that you can discern then for yourself if this is what's right for you. Because you and I both know we can go read a book right now. We can go read the China study and say everyone needs to be vegan. There's a ton of information though that says don't, don't read that. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> well, it's kind of dry. I don't know. I don't know if most people are going to go read that. But there's research on both sides. And so I know early on, and even in, in my own life, I had to keep implementing things to see like sure. some things I knew intuitively right away, like, oh my gosh, I need to juice. I knew I needed to juice. I knew I didn't eat enough vegetables. I needed to get my blood sugar under control. And I thought, well, juicing them would be a lot easier than trying to eat all these. That was remarkable for me. I mean, just juicing cleared my brain fog and got me, you know, on the right path. But for me, I have to implement these things. I can't just read all the books and I have all the books. Sure. Um, But well, implementing is, is where coaching comes in, right? It's the you know, anybody can get their hands on the information. Now, discerning whether it's the right information for them is different depending on where they are. But, you know, that's what I tell people all the time. It's, I don't help you with the what. I mean, yeah, I can guide you, but it, it's the how. 
because how you implement is going to be different than how I implement. I have clients who are men in their 60s who don't cook and live alone. And I have clients who are, you know, young moms with big family, you know, so it's always going to look different. It's got to be personalized. And that's where that, that intuition I love. My, my initial coach training was through a heart-centered coaching program in my clients. It's one of the first things we do is like, okay, yes, you there's a lot of information you've got in your head. Let's now let's get you out of your head. <laughs> let's Yes. I think what helped me is along the way I got my yoga teacher and throughout my yoga teacher training. And really during those years, I was learning to get more grounded because, you know, I'm a very heady person. I, I was an executive for information technology. I mean, I'm an engineer, it's left brain. I'm a very heady person. So it really, the detox treatments that I did, mineral body wraps and sauna therapy and the things I did in my spa and then my yoga teacher training to really teach me how to get grounded. And so that's a large part of my teaching because I can spot those people a mile away, the ones that I connect with on an intellectual level, but I can tell they are so disconnected from their body. And so in their head, they're like, I'm so confused, Lisa, because I don't know, should I be vegan? Should I be carnivore? Should I juice? Should I not? (laughs) Should I do juices? Should I do smoothies? I don't know. I don't, I was told to eat whole grains. So I always say the reason that we are confused is because you're still looking outside of yourself for the answer, or you're still stuck in your head and you haven't trusted your body yet. So we have to re-engage this connection and help guide them to their intuition or their heart, but we have to get them to their gut, their heart, so that they can feel what's right for them. Early on, and I caution people, I say, oftentimes people will teach what has worked for them. Right. So in the early days, it's, a, it's kind of immaturity in coaching. And I did the same thing. Oh my gosh, juicing is the best thing in the world. Everyone <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true, right? They might not need to. But then I was like, everybody needs to give up dairy. Dairy is the devil. (laughs) But I have clients who can handle dairy. Some people, you know, gravitate towards me. Some people don't. There's there's no one right way. And there's enough division in our world (laughs) where I get more frustrated, even within our community, is when things are made wrong. Right. Or there's only one right way. And so I think the best thing that we can do as coaches is guide them through a process to find clarity. And you know that the best ideas are their ideas. So we can guide them like try this and this and this, and then, you know, see how you feel. And when they determine this made me feel really good, it suddenly is their idea. It's not your idea or my idea. Yeah, It's their idea. And so I think that experiential process of working with the coach and implementing changes so that you can embody, literally embody those changes because the confusion is up here and the clarity is in here. She's touching her heart for those who you can't see. Oh, yes. (laughs) For for the audio listeners. (laughs) 
So I know this journey has led you, it sparked this desire in you to, to teach kids cooking classes. Tell me a little bit about what drove that decision. Yeah, so I had actually said no when they first talked to me about it. And I hired a retired teacher and got it. I mean, I love her as a person, but I was I watched her classes initially and I wasn't very happy with <laughs> the food choices or the lessons. And I thought <laughs> these need to be healthier. Like these kids can learn better. They don't need to learn how to make chicken nuggets. Right. They can actually learn, you know, we can make Thai almond chicken bowls. Like we can, they don't need the foods that we think that they need. They're not that limited. So of course she was trying to appeal to them, you know, she did like a mac and cheese and she did a chicken tenders. And I was like, no, this isn't what I want to teach. This is, that's not creating change (laughs) and improvements. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I hear that all the time from my clients who are parents, you know, well, then I need to double cook because my kids aren't going to eat vegetables and this and that. And it is so not true. I have a a client who had four kids living in her house at the time that she did her first elimination diet and she didn't cook and she was running her own business and her husband did the cooking, but he cooked one way. And that wasn't going to work for the elimination diet. And and we joke all the time um, because, and she happens to also be a friend of mine. So this was a few years ago, but I I still see her and, and I still see her husband sometimes. And she now cooks, he'll grill a little in the summer. It's completely shifted the, the family dynamic. The kids no longer take, you know, junk meals to school. It, she started with just the, because she couldn't possibly double cook the dinners, you know, were on plan for her, but she was still sending the kids to school with stuff that they shouldn't be eating, but all the other kids are. And now her youngest who's in the elementary school, he would, oh my gosh, would you adore him? He loves to cook and he loves to show me the healthy lunch he makes with his veggies and his, I mean, and these are the kids that she was like, they're never going to eat this. They love it. Yep. That's yeah. my maybe experience. not the first time, but over time they really, and I believe it's because literally our cells are happy when we're actually nourishing them. And I think kids can feel that kind of energy. They may not know, you know, in their heads, but, but they're not in their heads all the time. They're in their bodies and their hearts and their guts. And, and so I always, it's one of the greatest gifts, as you know, is when you change that, you know, I may be working with a mom, but look at the gift for those children that all of a sudden they're eating real food. So we, we think of cooking as a chore. And so I encourage your audience to hear this differently. Kids look at cooking as art. Yes. Adults look at it as a chore. If we can provide cooking classes, healthy ones, because most of them aren't there out there. I've checked many out and they're teaching the same old terrible stuff. And I mean, box mixes and everything. Oh, my um, daughter had to drop her cooking class in high school because in order to even pass <laughs> like the quizzes and tests, she had to, she was like, I'd have to lie. Like, cause they're wrong. They're still teaching 
mm-hmm. you know, that old model that got you sick and got me sick is still what's being taught in school. And I think she lasted a week and she said, you know what, I just, I'm not going to make it through the semester because A, I can't eat and won't eat anything we cook in class and B, like either I need to teach the class or I can't be in there. So, yeah. Yeah. So I do, I do caution that you can't just go to any, just any cooking class because if they're using, you know, box mixes, unless it's being taught by a health coach, you're you're probably going to get a lot of the same old stuff, which is why during quarantine in all of my glory and weight gain, and it was a, you know, it was a rough year, but I was like, I have to record my classes. I was doing that because I had 128 students that were counting on me. And I didn't know if we were going to still be in quarantine or we were going to be able to be back in the kitchen. So I recorded my whole first semester on my iPhone. They are, you know, terrible audio quality and everything, but, but we made it through the year with that of my 128 students this past year, 40% of them ended up remaining remote and doing all of their schooling from home. So they were able to do the, the video follow the recipe and send me a picture. So we were able to do, so it was a great pilot for doing um, these classes at home. And what was so cute, Julie, is all these moms, I got emails and text messages and some of them would come in to see me. because I would tell them when I was available at the kitchen and I always invited them in, even if they were virtual students, they'd say, we, we watch your videos too. I had these two moms (laughs) coming together with their daughters one day and they go, we watch your videos too. And they were like embarrassed. And I'm like, don't, don't be embarrassed because I've been teaching adults longer than kids. So everything in there is content for you too. I'm trying to teach the whole family, which really, as soon as I heard that from some of the moms in the very first semester, I started doing video messages. So all of my emails to the parents are video messages. And I explain to them what I'm using, where I'm getting it from, why I'm using it. And I say, Please watch the videos with your child because they're learning in my kitchen, but they're living in yours. I love that. And that will create more confusion. And I don't want them to come to you and say, well, that's not how Miss Lisa does it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need. I want to make sure before we run out of time, because I, I know a little bit about this already. I want our listeners though, to, to hear from you share, what is your vision for the future? Because it's big. Um, it is. It's a, it is a really big vision. You know, Freedom Kitchen is about setting ourselves free from uh, corporate, from the, the corporate um, structures. There are 10 corporations that control all of our food. And I won't get into all of the details today, but suffice to say that two thirds of our world's food supply is controlled by the pharmaceutical companies. And I don't think people understand that. Say that again. Yeah. Two thirds of the world's food supply is controlled by the same corporations who control the pharmaceutical companies. So the same corporations that are treating the diseases that are being caused by the lack of nutrients and nutrition in our food. Yes. Are controlling the food. And we get confused. You know, there's a lot of confusion, confusion to clarity. You're going to hear me talk about this a lot because all we want to do as health coaches is help you cut through the confusion so you can gain clarity. So many of the listeners may have heard when Teflon was deemed a carcinogen. 
Mm-hmm. And everyone says, oh, I throw my Teflon out now if it's scratched. Well, why do you wait till it's scratched? <laughs> That's what they told us to do on the news is if it gets scratched, when it gets scratched, throw why it out. Why would no. you buy that, though, if you already know? Yeah. No, I know. So, so did Teflon go away because they said they were going to stop making it? They changed the name. They moved. There's a whole documentary on this. They moved from either Virginia or West Virginia down to North Carolina. They created a new company. They turned it silver. It still exists today. It's still polluting our water, our wildlife, our earth, and it's polluting us. And so we have to stay vigilant. If (laughs) we fight for freedom, this is why we have the, you know, the Marines and the Army and the Navy, the Air Force, because we have to fight for our freedom. Well, I'm not saying let's fight in our, you know, for our freedom in our kitchen, but I am saying stand for the freedom in your kitchen. Yes. And, and, And I believe that health coaches have so much more to offer than people realize. So there is a bigger vision to this. Yes. And that is to help more consumers become more empowered so that we can stop the insanity because to feed our kids chemicals and dyes and trans fat is, it's really, it's a crime against humanity that we've all been perpetrating. And it's time for all of us to become uh, awakened and empowered and create a, a new movement, a movement of real food. I love that, which will bring a movement of health in its wake. And so as, as you know, as a health coach, you know, as people learn how to implement, how to eat real food, that, that is not only does that give them their, their health back, but they, whether they realize it or not, they are becoming people that are taking the stand to change that broken food system, just like the broken medical system. So I love it. So I know you're, you're gifting our audience, your ebook from confusion to clarity and the links will be in the show notes and any one small step. So I know you've got lots of steps. We, you and I both (laughs) lots of ideas, lots of steps, but I'd love for you to give our audience and it can be, you know, from any range of things, but if there's, if they could take one small doable step today to start to improve their health, what would you have them do? Well, my mind goes to um, if there's a child in your life, the one small step would be to include them in the kitchen to start empowering them so that they can be personally responsible for themselves. I love that. And nobody else is going to say that. You guys can listen to tons of episodes. So Lisa, you are a gem. I, you know, I so value what you are doing in the world and, and, the way that you do have this big vision and are working in so many different areas to, to support really not even just our country, our world with its food supply and the way we can take responsibility for our own health. So I'm so grateful you joined us today. I know you gave our listeners a lot of value. Thank you so much, Julie. It was really my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guest. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.